Good day and welcome once again to our Bible study. Today we're going to finish off the Gospel of John chapter 3. We'll be covering verses 29 through 36. And the title of today's lesson is John Testifies Again About Jesus. So let's review from last week. Last week we learned and we studied, we've seen where Jesus begins his ministry. He begins his ministry by baptizing people. And the scripture tells us that it was near I know, it was at I know near Salamine, if you remember from last week. Now you might say, why this place? Because the scripture told us <clears throat> this place has lots of water. So it shows us that many people were coming to be baptized by Jesus. Now again, he was baptizing, but he was baptizing near John and John's disciples. John and John's disciples, they weren't too far from Jesus. And we've seen where John's disciples, they see everybody leaving John and going to Jesus. They're confused. You can even say that they were sort of jealous because they didn't understand because John's the one that baptized Jesus. But John sets them straight and John tells them, this shouldn't surprise you, right? It shouldn't surprise anybody because John says, he tells them, I've told you many times that I was not he, I'm not the Messiah, but I'm the one that's going to pave the way paved the way for him. So God had sent John, right? Anointed John to do work according to the heavens. And that's what John tells his disciples. And this is what John is doing. He has a call from God and that call is to pave the way for Jesus. So what we're going to see in today's lesson is that John will continue to testify to his disciples about Jesus. So that being said, open up your Bibles to John chapter 3, and we're going to begin with verse 29 today. Verse 29 states this, the bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens to him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine complete. He must become greater. I must become less. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth. He speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God gives the Spirit without limit. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in His hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life. God's wrath remains on them. So let's go back to verse 29. In verse 29, let's look at that first text that says, The bride belongs to the bridegroom. Now right here at this time, we're speaking about the nation of Israel. And remember, this is speaking to a Judas, Judas, uh, Jewish audience, right? Remember when we first started the Gospel of Matthew, I told you that this audience was for the Jewish people in general. But it's a message that's for all of us, right? 
So what we see here is that they, meaning the general population, right? Most of the general population, they're responding to Jesus because they're coming to be baptized. And what John is saying is this, that this group that's coming to him, that accepts him, is the bride. So we can say, who's the bridegroom? Well, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, is the bridegroom. So it's only right for this to happen right now. So what John's role in all of this is that he was supposed to lead people to Jesus. And that's exactly what we see going on right here, right? And look what else the scripture tells us. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and he listens to him. Now, the word friend here is very important because having a friend means you have a close relationship with someone, right? So the love of a friend, right? A loved one of the, of the groom, we can say it. That's what this represents. He will be with the groom. That's what John is saying right here. And he says, listen for him. Listen means to obey. It means to follow. So, so you can say if you listen and you obey, if you surrender to Christ, if, if, if you give everything you have to him, because he's a dear friend, right? And we always say that with Jesus, we want an intimate relationship with him. And that's what this represents here. So you can say that they're becoming one of his disciples, one of his followers, because they're obeying him. They're following him. They're listening to him, right? And the scripture also tells us here, <clears throat> and it is full of joy. Here's the bridegroom's voice. So because of all of this, this friend now is full of joy and he rejoices, right? He, he isn't feeling left out. In other words, John is saying you shouldn't be jealous. No. He wants that. Why? Because he loves his friend and he wants what's right. He wants fulfillment, you can say. And this is what John is trying to tell his disciples here. And look what else, the last text of that verse. That joy is mine, and it is now complete. So John's saying right here that I'm not jealous. I'm not insecure. I'm not confused with none of this, right? In other words, he's saying that he is delighted in the fact that God stated purpose. In other words, why John had that anointing on his life, why he had that call from God was to prepare the way. And now his work is coming to an end. Past is being completed. That's what that's what the scripture means. And look what else John the Baptist says in verse 30. He says, He must become greater. I must become less. See what a humbled statement John is. See, John was a humble man. He's a lot like Moses, right? We said this last week. But this, you see, putting others first and you becoming less. He's saying, I just was assigned a job to do. God called me to do this job. Like God calls all of us to do a job for his kingdom. And John is saying that he must become greater. And as he becomes greater, I become less. Now this message is true for all of us here, right? But you see, here's the problem. Today, in, in many people's understanding of the gospel, right? This is what they think. They think if I receive the gospel, then I'm not going to be punished when I die. In other words, if I receive the gospel, I'm going to be in heaven. I'm going to be in the eternal kingdom of God, right? And now, because of this, I have a relationship with God. So God's going to help me. In other words, God is going to, is going to give me my desires. God's going to give me my wants, right? But you see, if you think like this, then this is Christian idolatry. That's what the Bible says. Because the purpose 
is that we must become less, not more. We, we must do God's will. We must not do our will. You see, we must be kingdom-minded. See, all of our dreams, all of our desires, right, must shrink, must evaporate. You see, Jesus, Messiah, for every believer, he must become more than what we are. He must become more than our wants, our desires, our dreams. We should be kingdom related to the kingdom, kingdom minded all the time, meaning Jesus comes first in your life. And, and all the other things in this world is really not important because this world at some point is going to end. But eternity is forever. Now, what's more important to you? It's more important to you walking in the flesh and getting the desires of this world, and, and eventually it's going to come to an end. Or being in the kingdom of heaven with Jesus, where you're worshiping him, where you're honoring him, where you're glorifying the name of Jesus, right? Now, another message that we can take from this, you might have pastors and you might have ministers and religious leaders, right? And, and sometimes they can all be tempted to focus more in the success of their ministry than on Christ himself. And, and we need to be very careful because when these people put more emphasis on their own achievements and, and they worry more about how many people's coming to my church, right? Because they're worried about the money, you can say, right? If, if their emphasis is on that rather than on God's kingdom, then that should put up a red flag for us, right? Because listen, Although they pastors and although they ministers and religious leaders, we're still human. And sometimes the, the flesh gets the best of us. So I think what God's trying to tell us here is that as we grow in Christ, our mind should be more of the kingdom. It should not be more our wants and our desires, our dreams. It shouldn't be like that. It should be according to God's will. Each of us has a dream that he's placed on the inside of. Each of us has wants and desires. We do. And you can pray for that. The Bible says you can pray for that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to give you that. Because if it's going to harm you, he's not going to give it to you. If it's going to make you turn away from him and his kingdom, he's not going to give it to you. Right? And a lot of times we say, God's not listening to me. Because my dreams are not coming true. My desires and my wants are not coming true. Because your desires are not what he wants for your life. See, he's called us to be disciples. He's called us to listen. Like the scripture tells us today, we need to listen. But we need to listen to what he's telling us and where he's leading us and where he's guiding us. Amen. Because he has work for us to do for him and his kingdom. And he's counting on us as disciples to bring people to him. Just like John the Baptist. He's calling us, just like he called John the Baptist, to bring people to Jesus. Amen? Verse 31. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth. He speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. So let's go back to that first text. That first text tells us, the one who comes from above is above all. Now, this speaks of how God is supreme. It speaks about how he is our maker. Amen. The one who is from earth belongs to the earth, the scripture tells us here. So what we have here is sort of a dichotomy, you can say. 
In other words, he's showing us realities. Talking about God being supreme, being the maker. Then in the same text, he's saying right here, the one is from the earth, belongs to the earth. So he's saying either you belong to the heavens or you belong to the earth. So either you will be kingdom driven. In other words, the purpose, and you understand the purpose of why you live in today is for the kingdom and for God jesus and to enlarge that kingdom right but he also saying here that there are some that are for the earth in other words you walk in the flesh and you continue to walk in the flesh you deny the truth you deny jesus and we know that the earth is controlled by satan so if you control by satan you know that your world at the time of the end when you die you're going to meet destruction which means you're going to be in the in hell, you're not going to be in the eternal kingdom of heaven. That's what he's saying here. And it speaks as the one from the earth. Now, right here, it points directly what he's saying. So he's saying if you don't follow Jesus, that if you aren't kingdom minded, but if you follow this earth, if you follow your dreams and your desires and your wants, and you deny truth, you deny Jesus, he's saying here, that you control by earth, you control by Satan. And we know that Satan is the father of this earth. Jesus said that, not me. So one will act just like the rest of the world. He's saying if you're walking in the world, if you're walking in the flesh, if you're not walking in the spirit, you see? And Jesus calls us, right? He says you are of this earth, but you're not to be a part of this earth. You are, you are to blend out. You, are, you have to let that light shine in you. Right? You need to be a difference maker in a positive way for people, amen? That's what he's saying. The one who comes from heaven is above all, he says right here at the end of verse 31. Now, this shows us just the opposite of what we just stated. See, If you're kingdom-minded and you put Jesus at the center of your life, then you're on the road to victory. And that road to victory is the promised land. And that promised land is the eternal kingdom of heaven, is the eternal kingdom of God. Amen? Verse 32. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Now, John is speaking about Jesus here. Jesus came from the heavens. Jesus went around Jerusalem and Jesus had followers. But you got to understand this. Who was the leaders of Israel? Pharisees. The Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin, they denied Jesus. They didn't believe that he was the Messiah because of their traditions of the elders, their man-made rules, their man-made laws. So this is why he says, but no one accepts his testimony. He's speaking right here about the religious leaders. And, and how the religious leaders lead the people, that's how the nation of Israel goes. That's what he's saying here. Verse 33, whoever has accepted it, has certified that God is truthful. So John is saying here, the ones that do accept him, the, certified by God. In other words, they believe in the truth. When we submit to the testimony of truth, when we surrender to the word of God, because the word of God is the truth, then we will find God working in our life to acknowledge us, right? Because of what we think, our mind, it's kingdom minded, right? In other words, we, we, we got his power. We have his identity because we are to take on the character, the attributes of Jesus, that we belong to him do this, then he will make that reality 
our dreams go away because our focus is on God. Our focus is on Jesus. And now we want to please Jesus. And we want to do what Jesus has called us to do. Not according to our will, but according to the will of God, our Father. Amen. Verse 34. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God gives the Spirit without limit. So why is this so important, this first text here? For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God. That text right there, that phrase, the words of God, why is that so important? Because this doesn't speak on the purposes of God, but rather the word, power, that belongs about the purposes to a reality. That's what he's saying here, right? For God gives the spirit without limit. Now, why do we come back to this word spirit here in the scripture? Because it is related to bringing order in our life, to bringing order in this world. Right? Let's go back to the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, we know in the beginning the world was, was, was void. It was empty. And the Bible tells us that the Spirit was hovering over the deep. But you know what God said? God spoke life into existence. Because he said, let there be what happened? Boom, there was light. But notice who was hovering over the deep. It says the spirit. Right? So, so this becomes a reality in our life when we're walking in the spirit. That's what that scripture is telling us here, right? See, there's one of two identities that you're going to carry on in this world. You're going to be, you're going to be walking in the spirit or you're going to be walking in the flesh. And I've said this quite often. Spirit's controlled by what? Jesus, by God, is the Trinity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen? And the, the flesh is controlled by Satan. So there's one of two paths that you can take. And we know that if you take that narrow path, that is hard, and that's following the Spirit, that, that leads you on that narrow road that leads to that narrow gate that leads to the eternal kingdom of heaven. But if you take that broad road and you walk in the flesh, Gates wide open, the Bible tells us. Jesus said that in the Gospel of Matthew. That that's leading to destruction. He's telling you that it's leading to the lake of fire. It's leading to hell. So you want to make sure that you take that narrow road on that narrow path that's hard. But you need to walk in the Spirit. You need to, to follow Jesus. You need to listen and obey Him and what He's telling you. That's why it's important to start your day off in prayer every day. It's important to be led by the Spirit every day. Now, that's not mean that you're not going to face trials and tribulations in the day. But no matter what comes against you, right, the Spirit of God is for you. And the Scripture tells us, if God is for you, who there be against you, because they will not prevail. Amen? Verse 35, the Father loves the Son and has placed everything in His hands. So why did it speaks here about the Son? Because Son means servant. Purpose of the Son is to bring honor to His Father. And this is exactly what Jesus did by going on the cross, being crucified, being that sacrificial lamb, the shedding of the blood, right? So we can also say this that when a son behaves in a way that's pleasing to the Father, right? Then God will provide without any limitations in order that God's order, God's purposes, God's wills, God's plans for our life, they become a reality. 
So what we see in verses 33 to 35 is this. Our spiritual life comes to focus in one question. And that question is this. Who is Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus, right? You see, if you accept Jesus just as a prophet, just as a teacher, then you rejected his prophetic teaching that he's the son of God. He's even God himself, right? See, the heartbeat of John's gospel is a dynamic truth that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that Jesus Christ is our Messiah, that he is our Savior, who existed since the beginning of time. And he's going he's gonna to be here forever until eternity. Jesus is our Savior who has invited us to live with him forever in the kingdom of heaven, in his kingdom, in God's kingdom, in the Father's kingdom. And when we understand who Jesus really is and the purpose of why he came was to save all of humanity so we can have a chance to be with him, right? Then we are compelled to accept him personally, amen? Verse 36, our last verse for today. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever rejects the Son does not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. Now remember, over and over in this third chapter, we come across this phrase, eternal life. And there are two things that we need to emphasize about this. Eternal means without end. That's the first thing. In other words, if you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, right? stay walking in the spirit then that can change in other words you have eternity with with, with with god forever second thing about eternal life is that is related to the kingdom what i just mentioned just now right so what god is doing in your life is that he's going to work that he's going to move he's going to empower right see he's teaching that you might have a kingdom experience in this world when you are walking in the spirit, when you accept his son Jesus as the Messiah, as Lord and Savior. See, and that you might be demonstrating this kingdom experience because that's what we put on this earth to do, right? We put on this earth to be the light that shines in this dark world. And when you walk in, in the spirit and you walk in with Jesus and Jesus lives inside of you, world sees that light shine it illuminates out just like the book of genesis he said let there be light and there was light right? there was life again you can say it wasn't empty it wasn't void and when jesus is first place in your life and that light shines then then you're not empty there's nothing void about you or around you right because christ is the answer christ is the way he's the only way jesus is right so, so you might be demonstrating this kingdom experience, that kingdom truth to others. That's what he's telling us to do here, right? That why we might be called, you can say, we might be moved by the glory of his kingdom. And that kingdom is going to be manifested through you. So if you're a true believer, if you have faith, remember, right? When you come to Christ, all you want to do is please him. Part of pleasing him is repenting of sins. And we talk about this often, right? We need to have that intimate relationship with Jesus that brings about a kingdom reality in, in our lives. So Jesus says that those who believe in him, look what the scripture says, will have eternal life. 
And this begins at the moment of spiritual rebirth. To receive eternal life, by receiving that is to possess God's life in your life. To accept Jesus in your life. To walk and listen in, to him. To take on his character. To take on his attributes. And this guarantees us eternal life with God. So look what else the scripture tells us. Look at that second text. But whoever rejects the son will not see life, he says, for God's wrath remains on them. See, if you don't receive him, just the opposite. If you don't have faith in him, if you don't trust, if you don't obey, then he's saying right here that you will have destruction. That you're going to spend eternity in the lake of fire, which is hell. So John, the writer of this gospel, has been demonstrating that true son of God. Amen. See, he says before us the greatest choice of life, right? Let me end with this right here. See, we are responsible to decide today who you're going to obey. Like Joshua says in Joshua 24, 15, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, are the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. Look what, look what Joshua tells his people right here. But as for me and my house today, we will serve the Lord. See, God wants us to choose life. Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 20 says this. See, I have set before you life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, that I am commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways and observing his commandments, his decrees and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. Now, what land are we entering to possess? We're the promised land, just like they were. But our promised land is the eternal kingdom of heaven. Amen. But if your heart turns away, the scripture tells us here, and you do not hear, but you're led astray and you bow down to other gods and you serve them. Then I declare to you today that you will certainly perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the jarring and to enter and to possess. I call heaven to witness against you today, the scripture tells us, that I have set before you life, death, Blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Loving the Lord God, obeying Him, holding fast to Him. That means life to you and the length of days so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, right? So He's telling us here that if we want to enter that promised land, right? Now, again, this, this is talking to a Jew, Jewish audience, but the message is for all of us. Their promised land was Judea. Right? Jerusalem today. Our promised land is the eternal kingdom of heaven. And we know that Jesus is going to rule in Jerusalem at the end times. We know that. The scripture tells us that in the book of Revelation. And that's what we're striving for. That's what we want to get there. We, we need to get there. But he says, if you choose God, if you choose Jesus, my son, then you're going to enter into that land. But if you choose the ways of this world, right? 
If you worship other gods, then you might say, what is other gods? Anything you put before Christ. It might be alcohol. It might be sex. It might be drugs. It might be pornography. I, I mean, I don't know. What, what, you know, anything that you put ahead of God, then that is your God. That's what you're serving. He's saying Jesus needs to be first place. Amen. Jesus comes first. And when Jesus comes first, you walk in him. You walk in the spirit. Because the spirit dwells in you and lives in you. And that light shines and red is. And all you want to do is obey. All you want to do is please. And you repent of sins. He's saying right here. So God's given us a choice. Either we'll be in the kingdom of heaven and in the promised land. You're going to receive God's love. You're going to be praising and honoring and worshiping our king of kings and our lord of lords. Or he's saying, you can continue to walk like this earth. Continue to worship other gods. And if you do that, then you're going to end up in torment. You're going to end up where there's gnashing of teeth, where there's pain, where there's torture. You're going to end up in the lake of fire, which is hell. So you see, he gives us choices here. And the choice is yours today. He's saying, choose wisely. Choose me. Amen. And this ends our lesson for today. We'll be back next week. We'll be starting John chapter 4. We appreciate you all tuning in. Be a blessing to someone this week. Be that light that shines in this dark world. We love you guys. We appreciate you listening. Until next week, take care. God bless.